is a podcast that helps artists to engage the church and the church to engage artists. My name is Matt Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, We'd invite you to please subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so. And also, depending on the platform you're listening on, give us a five-star review because it really puts us uh, out there and gets us known. We're sort of continuing our quest here this year. Um, we started at the at the very beginning of 2021, getting back to basics of the two great commandments. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And we're, we've been parked on that first one. We've been on this quest of what it means to love the Lord with all of us, and, and what are some ways that we can convey that and, um, and dig our roots deeper. This past Sunday, I was in church. I was uh, I was not out doing ministry anywhere, so I was at my home church and um, engaging with the Lord during the the worship service. And uh, the worship leader, at one point, just began to play and uh, really asked for everyone in the room to be very kind of quiet and contemplative, and just wanted. Uh, a space where the Lord could speak to all of us and maybe say something individually to us. So uh, I think I actually sat down in my seat and kind of knelt my head down and was really looking um, just to see what the Lord wanted to say. And really, it it kind of came down to one word, uh, one phrase. And the word was first. In other words, Matt, I want you to put me first in everything. And obviously, I was very agreeable to that. And yeah, yes, Lord, yes. Um, (laughs) Then after a few seconds, you start to think through what that means and how big that is. And suddenly, it becomes very sobering. Because it meant, I mean, there's a reason why he's instructed me to do this. And it's because, for the most part, I'm not doing this. That's a horrible admission, I guess. But, I mean, really, it's the first commandment for a reason. When when the Lord is saying, put me first. In other words, I need to love Jesus first. I need to love him most. Look, it's just me and you here, Okay. Nobody else is around. You're alone. You're listening in your car or on the elliptical machine or as you're walking through your neighborhood. Do you love Jesus first and most? You, you, You don't have to give the Sunday school pat answer right now. Um, that's a challenging question. I know we all aspire to. But when the Lord gave me that command of putting him first, and he kept it very blank after that, 
I thought, wow, I wonder how far that reaches. And um, so I, I wanted to go to the scripture, obviously, just to, not that he needed to prove that to me, but I wanted to find some scriptural foundation for what the Lord was saying. And I found this awesome passage in Colossians chapter 3. Now, listen for words of priority or preeminence here, okay? Beautiful passage, Colossians 3, 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme. There you go. There's a word. Over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Just try to put your arms around that. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church. There's another one, which is his body. He is the beginning. There's another one. Supreme over all who rise from the dead. Another one. So he is first in everything. Well, it doesn't get any more clear than that. So he is first in everything. So getting back to our original purpose here, if we want to love the Lord uh, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, I think this first principle has to um, has to come in. I mean, is Jesus first in everything in our lives? Um, I can only answer with ugh. That's the only way I can answer it. That's a, that's a big no right there. Um, is Jesus first in everything? We know that famous scripture to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. There is a first principle, I think, when it comes to the Lord. And uh, the Lord paid top dollar for you and me. Whether we think we're worth that or not really doesn't matter. It's what he thought. And he thought you were worth top dollar. And he died and he went through excruciating spiritual, mostly in a little physical pain, comparatively. So you've been bought with a price. And he thinks you were worth it. And he's just not going to be happy to be in the bleachers with all the other fans of yours. I think he's earned the right. He's earned the right to be first. Because without him, we have nothing. Without him, we can do Nothing the Gospels tell us. Think of the implications of what that means. If we're really going to do the whole first thing, if we make him first in everything, like here's, here's where I get really caught. Just in prayer, let's just take the prayer aspect of it. That means I'm going to ask him for healing first, before I go for the over-the-counter medications and drugs, before I go to WebMD, <laughs> or as I call it, hypochondriac.com, 
um, I'm going to ask him for healing first before I make the doctor's appointment. Now, look, I'm not trying to be one of those people, okay? I'm not Church of Christ scientist and trying to say you shouldn't seek out medical help. I'm just saying the, the, the priority, often we wait till the drugs don't work or the treatment doesn't work. And then we're like, well, I guess I better bring God into this. But the first principle says he's the author of healing. He is the great physician. And so I should be, before I even pop like sinus medication, I know, I know that sounds kind of minute, but really, how much do I believe this? I need to ask him to relieve the sinus pressure first. I need to pray that he heals my cold or my flu first. Yeah, it's okay to make the doctor's appointment, but just go to the great doctor first. Think about just asking for provision. How often do we wait until we, you know, we try to engineer it ourselves? I'll figure it out. I'll come up with something. I'll, I'll make it happen. I'll, I'll make a way to bring in some money so that we can pay the bills. And then finally, if all that doesn't work, we, we start asking the Lord. And the first principle says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so I bring him my needs and just say, Lord, it, help me, instruct me on what I should do, if anything. Because some of us would just whip ourselves into a frenzy and we're like little Tasmanian devils just, you know, trying to make it happen. And maybe the Lord just wanted us to wait so that he could supernaturally provide for us. Think about the whole wisdom thing. I mean, how, how often do I call my dearest friends or I talk to a mentor or I listen to a podcast before I go to the Lord for wisdom, even though he has told me, if any of you lacks wisdom in James 1, he should ask of God who gives generously to everyone without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So why in the world am I calling other people first? They're wonderful people. They're amazing. They're, they're, there's a reason why they're in my life. But I, I make Jesus number like 12. And the first principle says, I think he's the most powerful. I think he's the smartest. I think he's the most able and he's the richest. So therefore, I'm going to him first. And that sounds so simple until it's our problem. Artist, pray before you create. Even be before you've, you've typed your first letter on the page or you've applied brush to canvas or you've loaded the film or you've brought out the staff paper, pray before you create. Don't wait until it's done and then on the back end, pray that he blesses it. Find out what he's blessing and get on board that. I try to pray before... I record every episode of the Matcast, and even in the process of, of writing it, I try to give the Lord editorial control. Christian leaders, when, when you're having a board meeting or a staff meeting, pray, pray before you meet, and ask, implore God's wisdom for what you're about to talk about. And then when you reach a point in the meeting where you're at a bit of an impasse, that's a, that's a cue to stop and pray. Let's go to Jesus first before we 
table the motion or before we take this to a committee or we delay. What a way to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Maybe it's been there all along and we just missed it. Maybe one of the best ways we do that is by totally and completely engaging in first. St. Egregious Church, we desire your worship experience to be the best in town. And we do that by using scripture in such a way as to never be offensive and say what your itching ears want to hear. And now, here's our icon, uh, I mean, Pastor Dirk Kennedy to tell us what's coming up. Bruh, we are completely killing it here at St. Egregious. I mean, we are slaughtering it, executing it, harpooning it, lambasting it. It's so annihilated, you wouldn't even recognize it. I want to remind you about our upcoming water baptism service next Sunday. You absolutely don't want to miss this. Just for the occasion, we are installing a special water slide that feeds right into the baptismal tank. What better way to go public for the Lord than by taking the big plunge in our sanctuary? I guarantee you've never seen anything like it. Be part of the cool club this Sunday. St. Egregious is now located in the old Abuelos restaurant between the old Chi-Chi's and the old Don Pablo's. Service begins when everyone has their coffee. St. Egregious, because the last thing we want in church is for you to feel uncomfortable. put some practice into our discussion here. Let's, let's talk about putting first into practice. Now, I've already given some examples of that. Now, here's, here's what I don't want you to do, because again, we can feel this overloading uh, sort of sense of shame come over us when we hear stuff like that, because we're, now we're reminded of all the ways we're not putting him first, and we already feel like a failure before we're out the gate. And I had kind of had to coach myself through that as well, as even as I was recording it. So I, I want to just issue a disclaimer here. I want to warn against any kind of legalism or uh, feeling like um, if, if we're not where we should be, then we're failures and we should just give up. Let me also warn this, because I'm, I'm going to talk about two things that I'm doing or trying to do. And don't feel like this has to be your thing. It's, I, I've given you multiple examples. But again, go to him first. <laughs> go to him first and say, Jesus, what are, what are maybe one or two things that I can start doing to put you first in my life? 
don't try to make 10 changes at once. You know, again, we, we talk about that usually with New Year's resolutions, but don't say, yeah, I'm going to implement all these 10 things on January 1st. And by January 4th, we're completely exhausted and we do none of them. So go to the Lord and just say, Lord, can you show me one or two ways that I can put you first in my life that I'm currently not? And I'll, um, uh, one of them is kind of brand new. Uh, the other is something I've been trying to do for the last year. Here's the newest one. And this started after Sunday, after my service on Sunday. I decided I needed to make Jesus the first thing in my day. That, you know, aside from making a cup of coffee or something like that, but I don't, I don't go on my phone. I'm not checking my email. I'm not checking my Instagram feed. I'm not um, looking at news headlines. I'm not turning on the TV to get the weather report for the day or for anything on television. The first thing in my day has to revolve around him. So what that involves for me is, is just getting into the word of God and it's, it's not like a hour long thing. Um, I wish it was, but you and I don't quite have that time most of the time. And so it's, it's some kind of scripture with devotional aspect to it. And if I do have more time, then I'm, I might throw in a spiritual podcast with that. And then, um, and, and then sometime during my morning routine, just trying to worship. And, but that first thing in my day, before I do anything else, before I get cleaned up, and again, this is just, this is just me. You don't have to do this specifically. This is just where, where I felt like the Lord was taking me. Because I'm going to show the Lord, you're the first thing I do today. And I'm going to let you set the tone for my day. You're going to give me something that I'm going to chew on for the rest of the day. And it might just be a scripture. It might be something you read in a devotional or hear in a podcast. But letting that be the first thing as an act of worship itself to the Lord. Then the second thing, um, the second thing is something that I started doing last year. And it was um, following the advice of and he's not the only one, but inspired by uh, Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life, when he speaks of giving. And, and I don't think there's anyone in Christianity right now who speaks on the topic better than he does, because he's, um, he's not like a word of faith guy. He's not blabbing and grabbing, as we used to say in the 80s, or that you know kind of positive confession stuff, prosperity stuff. He really goes by scriptural principles, and especially in the Old Testament, you'll see where people would devote the first fruits of their crop, and they would, um, especially as the, the children of Israel were freed from Egypt, they would uh, devote that, or uh, they would bring the best animal they had uh, to be sacrificed um, for Passover. It was a lamb that didn't have any spots on it. It was a pure white lamb. And often with the sacrifices, there was a portion that would be kept for the priest because they, they had to tend to God's people spiritually. They couldn't work the field or be soldiers or any of those things. So, um, and so folks would bring the first fruits of their crops 
as a uh, as a sign of confidence in the Lord. And I, I want to try to make my tithe the first thing I pay. So that's how it plays out for me. And, and again, I haven't hit the mark every time. But um, I want my heart to be in the right place as I give. It's not just, oh, here it is, and I even round it up. You know, <laughs> God does love a cheerful giver. And I, I think when I, when, if our love deepens for the Lord, like it should, I think the giving part kind of takes care of itself because we recognize how blessed we are as individuals. And if I can trust him enough to pay him first and say, Lord, here, uh, here's what I'm giving to the kingdom, to the work of God. Uh, I've heard it put this way. I wish I came up with this. God can do more with 90 percent than you can do with a hundred. And I think that's absolutely true. And we won't really know the joy of that fully. And we may be denying ourselves some incredible blessing. And those blessings can come in many ways. And yes, sometimes it is certainly financial, but it can be in many, many uh, realms of life. And I, I really want to practice that. I just feel like in my giving, that it's not, let me pay all my bills and we'll see. We'll see. Because um, I think I'm showing what my priority is when I do that. So those are the two ways that God is instructing me. At least at this point, it, it will definitely expand. Um, but again, I don't want any of you to feel that sense of legalism, that this is what you must do. Find out from the Lord how uh, he wants to maybe bring this principle to your life. Because more and more, man, I am seeing the need to love Jesus more deeply uh, because it is getting crazy out there just all over the place. And more and more, I, I'm, I'm realizing, and I, I probably realize this after every major election in our country, I can't control Washington. Uh, I know I've tried and uh, no one seems to really care what I think. I can't control Hollywood. I can't control Silicon Valley. I can't control institutions of higher learning. Uh, I can't even control what occurs around me. But what I can do is I can fortify what I have with Christ and deepen it and make him first and let him be the anchor for any storm around me whether it's a financial storm or a spiritual storm or even a political storm. I do think we've kind of strayed as believers, regardless of what end of the political spectrum you're on. I th I, we seem to think, you know, if we can get our guy in the Oval Office, then everything's just going to like come together. Or we get our people on the Supreme Court. Our lives are going to be so much better because of that. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. And every two or four years, we usually have to be reminded of that one way or the other. It doesn't matter if you won or lost. Um, I need to make sure that I'm putting the Lord first in my life. Because I can't really go wrong when I do that. And so then when all the madness happens and when people are yelling back and forth about things and 
whether to wear two masks or five masks or a face shield and eight masks or a hazmat suit with 12 masks. I, I could just I could just be here with Jesus who wants our spiritual masks off and I can bring him first. He gets first dibs to tell me that he loves me and I, I get to tell him the same and nothing can change that and nothing can shake it. I really invite you to put him first in a greater way than ever. Well, thanks for listening to the Matcast. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. Be sure to catch us again soon and maybe share the podcast with a friend. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information about our books or resources, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. <laughs>